Hey, Molly, so what's going on right now? I know we have an event on uh, February 25th, huh? It's a big one. We're back in person. The Chili Bowl Express is a ceramics and Sonoma Community Center fundraiser. And we're finally back in February. Nice. Last year was uh, May or something? Yes, it was to go. And then it was canceled during COVID. This is a really fun, low-key daytime community connection. February 25th. Tickets are available now. There's three seatings, 11 a.m., 2 p.m., and 5 p.m. dinner, which also gets you... I think like a a cocktail as well as a cup, there's availability for that. So that's going to be super fun. So are we going to have any type of uh, music or anything? We'll have music and a lot of the chili is always donated from a very great chefs in town, as you know. So we are excited for everybody to come out and join us. What else will we do that day? I don't know. I can't remember what are we doing that day. Yeah, I know we're having... Chili people are coming in, eating chili, and, you know, I'm new at this thing. I, this yeah. is my first year, I think, doing it, to be honest. Chili's fun. The Chili Bowl is just a really low-key celebration. Yeah, so yeah. if you're from out of town, you're not doing anything that day, book a ticket. Come it's on by. It's for everyone, right? It's, it's an for open everyone. Thing. The Sweet. whole building is open. And the tickets are super cheap, too, so that's what I heard. I think, you know, throw down a couple of 20s and come and have a good time yeah. at the Chili Bowl. Plus, you get a nice ceramic bowl, too, right? You get a ceramic bowl, and you get a bowl of chili couple of wipes to make sure that that you don't have to walk around with the dirty ball yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and if you're That's interested funny. this is as i said a really big fundraiser for the ceramics program as well as sonoma community center if you are interested in sponsorships and hearing your business support the chili bowl on our podcast as well as other media outlets please reach out to us Otherwise, come and join our community at the Chili Bowl. Come and join and leave your donations, too. We take donations all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, we are the Sonoma Community Center podcast, a place of creativity, connection, and community. We highlight the artists, teachers, and the community that come through the doors of our historic brick building, often called the heart of Sonoma. We share local tips and shout outs to our home, Sonoma Valley. And we are your host, Molly Spencer. And Ardo Diaz. We are the engagement team of the Sonoma Community Center. Right. Welcome back, friends, and a happy new year. We are actually well into New Year's. Gerardo, how is it for this New Year's? Uh, Still it's standing? Rainy. It's raining. <laughs> really rainy, man. It's just unbelievable. But we do need the rain, though. Yeah. But, I think there was a lot of rain dances done last year. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I was one of them. But now I'm like, you know what? Since I'm a fly fisherman and all the rivers are blown out, yes. I'm like, I'm sitting at home looking at my fly rods. I'm going, man, when it's time, come on, water, stop. I'm you a know? swimmer too. And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> maybe not. So you got any resolutions for the new year? Yeah, I'm probably going to try to get more sponsorship for our programs. That's, that's <laughs> one of my things, huh? Come yeah. on, people, get that money. Once see those wallets, huh? Come on. <laughs> well, over here at Sonoma Community Center, we are a nonprofit. And yes, so definitely donations, memberships always help. Classes, we have a lot of classes that have started the new year. A ton in ceramics already. You know, the wheel classes are filling up as soon as they hit the website. 
bam, they're filling up. So you that's know, a really happy thing. I want to give a shout out to uh, 36 Winery, to the Price family, because they did a uh, sponsorship. They did like a donation for $1,000 so, for a ballet. So Yes. Thank you, Price family. What winery? Three Sticks Winery. Three Sticks. Thank you, Three Sticks. And shout out to uh, Prem, too. Yes. CEO. Thank you. We love that. That continues on. Dance. All kinds of stuff. So besides what we have coming up right in the new year, we have a ton of programming. And when you are working on resolutions, this is a place to de-stress. Many of our classes usually offer a little, well, all of them, I think, therapeutic advantages, (laughs) working with clay and painting or learning to cook a new dish. We're also more volunteer work because we're an amazing nonprofit. So we're always seeking volunteers if you have the time to come and help. I think in the kitchen has new opportunities. Wait, 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 Molly. What's your resolution, though? You didn't say anything. Uh, What, What is it? Come on. I stopped making those years ago. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It really is to do a little bit more listening to different types of podcasts. There's so many out there. Oh, yeah. And we are happy to be in Sonoma kind of doing a local podcast and just learn more on the tech side, honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. because thank God for Takeshi Lewis, who was our you know sound what? editor, I, because... I, I, <sighs> I don't know if we could pull this off without him. I mean, I think I can do it, but I just like Takashi here. So, yes. you, know, <laughs> you know, let's, let's, let's. You can't let's see him, him, but he's know. an amazing sound editor and we like him. So also what's really just working hard, we are celebrating our 70th birthday mm-hmm. as a community center. Um, not to be confused with how old the building is and <laughs> thank God there's some people right beside me if I say the wrong year, but I do believe we're 107 years old. I'm going to let Mike, the historian, tell me. <laughs> yeah. Hundred, well, 106. 106. Yeah. Okay. 106. 106, 107. So that's how old the building is. But as a community center, we are 70 years old, which is a good age. Wow. The more I get closer to it, the younger it seems. So, plus I have a grandma who's closer to the age of the building. She'll you be know, 100 It, it seems like this building is getting newer and newer by the second. I mean, you know, for 106, <laughs> it looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Know. Well, there are many stories behind that, which we're going to launch into here. We are actually putting on a 70th birthday commemorative exhibit and gallery show that is opening on January 27th. This is free. And to the public, the exhibit will be up until April 30th, I believe. And this is the time. It's taking quite a bit of time to put on. It's called That 70th Show. Mm. You know, thank you, Jill, for that amusing (laughs) title. But we are hoping everybody comes out and joins us that evening for some libations, catching up with the community, photo opportunities. There's kind of a two part to this. We have a new Causeway Gallery that started last year, and this is the second floor of the community center, and it's the whole hallway. So good causes. Well, I think we are a good cause. (laughs) Moving into it, we have a kind of a two part of the exhibit. We have an exhibit with a lot of images that were donated by the Historical Society, press clippings from, I believe, Bill Lynch, right, over at the Sonoma Index. Well, that's all from the Historical Society. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. 
I'm getting corrected and I like it. So, <laughs> so that's part of it. And then we have a community interactive wall. So everything's kind of set up by decades. And this is an opportunity. People have brought in pictures and press clippings and posters, all sorts of things on that wall. And that is continues to be open through the exhibit. So you can come bring a copy of any mementos you have and put that on the wall. And then ending it with the future, the future wall. And this is where we like to hear from everybody their dreams and schemes, what they want to see, their vision for the community center as a whole. So that being said, come and join us. But today we have guests who have their own stories here of this historical place, stories of the community center, stories of starting programs and stories of just experiences themselves. So I have Mike Acker, Tom Collins and Gordon Limburg, right? Okay. Yes, Gordon. And I'm going to have them introduce themselves. I'm kind of going to start out. Feel free to jump in if you got something to say, but Mike, maybe introduce yourself, your history here, who you are. and uh, Mike Acker. I'm generally interested in the history of the Sonoma Valley, mainly the Springs, but I started working here in uh, 2011. And by the time we got around to the 100th anniversary of the building in 2016, I started to get real interested in the history of this building. So I'm coming back to you. And Mike, you're also an amazing artist. Thank you. I am working in like multimedia. Explain your work a little bit. It's photo collage that I print on watercolor paper and I paint on. You're also an author. I wrote a book of the photo history of the Springs communities. It's yeah. great. Mm -hmm. Thanks. And then just jumping in here, I'm going to introduce Tom Collins. Hello. <laughs> Tom, don't be shy. So Tom really started the Sonoma Ceramics program here. Am I right? Yes, ma'am. I mean, uh, yes, ma'am. It was uh, 1984 so when I went to the board and asked them if they would. Well, I think I went in and I they had a board meeting and I said, there's no wheels turning in town. What's up with that? <laughs> I'd been a potter already for, I think, uh, 20 or 30 years. And they said, well, take your wheel down to the plaza there in the middle when they have something going and make some pots and hand out this questionnaire, see if people really want to have a pottery studio here. It all so starts in that. the plaza. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I started in 1984, the summer. And then by December, we started working on putting some uh, the ceramics building downstairs, room 117, right next to the office there. And so that took a lot of work from a lot of yeah. So downstairs on the first floor, I'm actually going to have Gordon chime in a little bit because he confirmed if you listen to episode one, at what point was the ceramic studio a shooting range? Yes, it was. It was a shooting range in the 50s for the Boy Scouts. They used low velocity 22s and they, wow. they made actually uh, sheet metal or angled steel and then they had sand on the floor to catch the bullets <laughs> as they deflected. So first floor, if you come in here. 117. On the east side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's wow. a, on the east is side. it our office as well? So we have an office that's right next to 117. It was part of the office and it was also part of the ceramics room. So Tom, did you find any bullets in the wall? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> However, if we look on some of those tables in there, which we, we took the plywood off the wall, which was an inch and a half thick. So we turned yeah. that into the table. So maybe if you look on oh, here, really? you'll see some bullets inside. I don't know. Well. All right. Mike's going to go digging, I'm sure. <laughs> right? okay. My knife. <laughs> so kind of starting off with the community center, it's got a really interesting history of how it was found 
and how it became a community center. Mike, do you mind helping me out with the story of Dr. Andrews and before that of how they deemed it to be in ruins? (laughs) Right, yeah. Well, it was a grammar school from 1916 to 1949. In 1949, they closed the building because it was unsafe for earthquakes because there was a big quake in 49 or 48. I think it was 48. New laws were passed saying that schools had to be reinforced for uh, earthquake safety and they just decided they couldn't do it so they closed the school they sent all the students out to different buildings all around town and um, the city tried or i guess the school district tried to auction off the building they didn't get any bidders and uh so we're here working on an unsafe <laughs> building. That's what well, you're no, saying. There's much no, more to the story. More. Oh, there's God. way more to the story. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, they kept taking the price down. The minimum bid went down and down and down. And they were talking about tearing the building down, which wasn't the first time it's been talked about. <laughs> and then Dr. Andrews, Dr. Carol Andrews, who's a very well-known physician in town, decided that he wanted to save the building. And so he bought it, basically. Yeah, the price was very low at the time. So like twenty thousand dollars or something. $20, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we did the inflation cost, and I think it's like eight hundred thousand. <laughs> I don't even know that. Yeah. That will be in an IT article well, written you by know, Charlotte. It was Hager. his money initially, but he did get some of it back from donations. Oh, great! Oh, pretty nice. And then he founded. He and several other people saved the building to found the community center. In you know, we do have a godson. One of the many godsons that uh, Dr. Andrews had. Gordon guess, is one I of them. Heard. Yes, I am. Wow. (laughs) I didn't know that. In fact, I have a Bible with their name in it. Wow. Carol and and his wife. They actually live just a block down from here Uh on Napa Street, basically right on the corner of uh, 5th Street East in Napa. They lived right there. Is the original house still there? Yes. Okay. It's still there. He was a great doctor, great family doctor. My family, were friends with him and... uh, my family used to go abalone diving, and he loved abalones. So mm. we used to bring him abalones all the time. And the other thing is he liked uh, capazones, and he used to go rock pole fishing for those. Oh, capazones? Okay. What are those fly fishermen? It's a big well. fish. <laughs> I don't know about fly fishermen, but that's ocean fishing. It's totally oh, okay. different, yeah. but they're ugly. <laughs> they're big. They're just ugly fish. I know abalones are something else too, yeah, which are not out there really anymore. Yeah, I wouldn't go diving for those. There's sharks in there, man. <laughs> I, I'm good, you know. My husband was a surfer <laughs> and he ran a distraction, but he's familiar with abalone divers because he was up in Mendocino out of Van Dam running a kayak business. And you have to go pretty deep, you know, always a yeah. little. 20, 20 to 25 feet. Really what you put into, it's almost like tofu of the sea, right? (laughs) You just got to hammer that stuff and fry it and bake it to make it taste good. Best way to eat it is basically to take a baseball bat to it and beat the heck out of the whole whole thing and uh, then bake it. Yeah. Uh, now and, we're getting into the culinary program. Yeah. Of the <laughs> I know. I know. We'll come back hey, to that. Gordon, that's my show, okay? But just imagine me abalone diving with a black suit. I'm like a tasty seal in there, you know? No, no. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> okay, back to you. All right. So what were we talking about? about? I know, right? <laughs> the uh, time machine, the community center. So going back, we now have this big building. Yeah. And... 
Well, Here we they go. started producing programs right away, classes, renting rooms. There's an interesting story about how theater started here. Obviously, mm -hmm. we have a, an auditorium with a stage and everything, really a fully functional theater. Gorgeous. And this guy by the name of Ferdy Grofet Jr. was in town. I think he was from L.A. I don't know why he had moved to Sonoma, but he was an actor and a producer, and he decided to start a community theater in Andrews Hall. And they produced a lot of plays. Ferdy Grofet, his father is a famous composer. If you've ever heard okay. of Grand Canyon Suite, he composed that. He was a Hollywood film composer. And uh, a few years ago, I was in Andrews Hall. I was working at the time. And this guy walks in, this old guy walks in, and he, and he turned out it was Ferdy Grofet Jr. He oh, said, oh, wow. I'm just through Sonoma. I just wanted to come and see the theater again. And he got up on this set there, and he started to do the soliloquy from Hamlet. Oh. And it was just, you know. Oh, yeah. the days. <laughs> and, you know, it's not like these days where we have recordings and it's up on Instagram and everything. So these yeah. stories well, I did are record so them on my phone, but. You did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. And uh, he is some kind of, or he was, he <laughs> might be gone now or he might be retired, but he was some kind of producer in Hollywood still. And um, really interesting. That's guy. amazing. <laughs> I know we're kind of moving on, but I know the intention, believe it or not, it's much of the same as it began. A lot of our classes and rentals and rooms, it's still in the community spirit. It's still providing some of the things that came along with it, you know? Yeah, some stuff comes and goes, but a lot yeah. of it's just always we still have. There's still theater the here. Arts, yeah, theater. It's really immersed in the arts and yeah. a place to go for that. One of the things... Uh, was the red barn in the back. It was originally a, a handball court. Oh. It was built as a handball court. And then since it died out and the people interested in the handball court, they converted it to what it is now. Okay. If it was a handball court and then it became a barn, I guess it was like a barn of use, probably storage for a while, right? right. Until Clay came along. So Tom, you told us how it kind of got started. Sounds like hands in the dirt digging up the rooms yeah we had to take a wall down between room 117 and the boys locker room <laughs> so we took the wall down and then there was some concrete to get out of there because it was the wrong stuff is my office the boys locker room or is that the montessori school oh it's right where the sinks are in, in oh, room 117 got it that's why there's two doors there mm -hmm. that door went into where the locker room was so we got a jackhammer out here and i was jackhammering the concrete out of there and one night about probably about 10 15 one of the police officers came by and he said hey you can't be jackhammering after 9 15 we have a quiet time here i said oh okay i'll come back in the morning so i got to go home early that day that was nice <laughs> all i'm thinking is 1984 i was one year old and this guy's like hammering this wall here you know <laughs> Oh, I'm going back in time. I know, I know. I, know. <laughs> I think initially we had a, an electric kill in room 117. Okay. And then I saw some picture about there was a fire here, a 1995 or something. May there was? 19, yeah. Well, that's the story about you saving the building. Yeah, that's I yeah. know. What? Yeah, here. Well, he's going to chime back in here in a second, but. Well, you're the one that uh, like made the fire too and then saved us. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I needed some insurance. No, no, I did not do that. <laughs> no, I think, I'm not sure why it started. I'll have to look at the article a little bit different. It was an electrical fire in the wall. 
Oh, okay. It's in the yeah. wall. That you hit it with the jackhammer. No, 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 no. no, no. 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 <laughs> this is years later. I mean, now you, it's like 10 now, years what later. What year was it that you were jackhammering? That'd be 1984. That was, okay. okay. And Same then first class started in the end of January of 1995. So 95 is when wow. the first class started. It took us, I think, a month and a half, and we had a lot of people from the board of directors helping Jim Lamb and Peter Hohorst, and there was a... A guy, I can't think of his name, but he did all the electrical work. I'm sure his name, I'll, I'll find it later to show you. And We're going to find it now yeah. after the electrical yeah. fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom, you started Sonoma Ceramics, but your story, have you always been a potter? Have you always been Well, my last ceramics? year of ceramics, I went to a, a college in Illinois, Knox College. Mm-hmm. And I was a business and economics major, but because I also played basketball, they got me a job at the Fine Arts Building. So I was in the fine arts building handing out stuff. And I saw this guy, 1966, came in to do a pottery. And I watched him closely. And um, then I thought, well, you know, I think I'll take pottery my senior year. So I started my last year of college, 66 to 67. And after about maybe 10 minutes or maybe 30 minutes trying to make a pot, I said, boy, if I can do this, I'm going to stick with it. Because after I work this hard doing stuff, I would have to go to the gymnasium if I do a desk job, you know, as an economics or a business guy. So I did. I just stayed with it. And then I went up, uh, took a job in Chicago after college. And my aunt, I stayed at her house. And she said, well, you know, they've got pottery down at the uh, School of the Art Institute of Chicago. So I signed up, took a night class. And then by the next year, I quit my job, <laughs> uh, went down, started uh Sounds like my dance career. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. I like that background. And outside of the stories here, you're still doing it. Oh, yeah. You know? Exactly. Amazing. After you started all the classes and really it became a thriving program. I know there's been other directors after you that really kind of brought the Ceramics Artists in Residence program, Forest. Whitaker, right? Wait, no, that's an actor. <laughs> I don't know Forrest's last name, but he's pretty... Middleton something else. Middleton, You're right. Middleton something else. So he started that and then <laughs> Kayla Stein ran it for quite some time oh, yeah. and really bumped up kind of the, you bet. the reputation too. But when you were here, and I still have people that come in and just have fond memories of the beginning, it's always the beginning of something, you know, it's a really great time. It's a, very much the spirit of community. And Daniel was telling me some stories about taking classes from me and stuff. But did you meet someone here? I did. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, quite a number of people. But uh, <laughs> so he started classes in uh, 95. And then my dad passed away in June of 1996. And so I went to my yoga teacher here in town. And I said, you know, I've made thousands of pots, but I have no kids. And I was 50 then. I said, what's up with that? And he said, well, you must meet a woman between 25 and 35 and become friends. And then if you <laughs> want to, after two or three years, maybe you start a family. I said, oh, well, that's great advice. All right, thanks very much. And then about maybe a week or two later, I think it was the 8th of July, mm-hmm. Lynn Lippitz was teaching the class, but I always go in as the director to say, well, if you guys make too much stuff, I'll be giving you a bill for extra stuff. Your teacher's your friend, but I'm the guy who will come in, you know. Give and then, um, then the teacher said, yeah, if any of you want to take a pottery class, uh, a pottery wheel class, then you'll probably take it from Tommy. He teaches the adults. And so this one woman, Nancy Watts, said, 
I might like that. <laughs> so then about two or three or four weeks later, after that class was over, I happened to call her office over at Napa and say, well, you know, classes are going to start here pretty soon. If you'd like to sign up, now's the time to do it. And that was a very short conversation, but she worked over in Napa and she turned to one of her boss and said, well, you know, I think this pottery teacher in Napa is hitting on me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so she took the class, however, and then later on in the year, because we'd meet, uh, I think, Tuesday nights from something like maybe seven till nine. And so after we finished the class, a lot of us would go down to Murphy's Pub and have a beer and then go home. Yeah. So the first night, uh, several of us went down there. And after about four or five weeks, Nancy said, well, you know, uh, we're the only ones that went down there. Nobody went that day. So I <laughs> said, well, do you ever th think about like uh, going out, maybe going to a movie or going to dinner? She said, yeah, I'd like that. So then we started working. And then eventually uh, that next spring, we went to Hawaii and uh, got <laughs> engaged. And then the following summer... <laughs> All right. We got married. Yeah. It's a Sonoma Community Center love story. And it took us eight years. No references to ghosts, folks, <laughs> but this is an audio. So it is a pottery love story. Yeah, I think that movie is, is based on Tom here. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have a son, though, right? Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. Took us eight years, but he came along. Now he's 17. Last Saturday, he turned 17, and he's a wonderful young man. Fantastic. No, yeah. Is he interested in pottery? Well, he did a lot of pottery when he was younger, but now he does more drawing and painting. So he's an artist and he's also into architecture, into engineering. So wow. he's a junior now over in Napa at uh, Justin Siena. So he's going to go to college someplace and we'll see what he ends up doing. But Yeah, he'll come back to the Sonoma Community Center. Engineer? <laughs> Gordon, were you an engineer? Uh, engineering technician. Oh, yeah? What happened? Admiral Allen, Naval Shipyard, which is in Vallejo. It's been there since 1864. In fact, I worked in a building that was built in 1864. But Gordon, you haven't been there since 1864. <laughs> no, no. no. I'm, I'm a little bit <laughs> younger than that. But I love it. You know quite a few families that come out of Mare Island. Yes, there's a lot of people that That's work there. That's a great there historic from... place that we have right in our area that yeah. people don't know about. And there's a historical museum there, too. Yes. So Mirror Island is, I've looked it up or Google it, folks, but it's right in between really like Sonoma Napa and Vallejo. It's right, right. next to Vallejo. Vallejo. Yeah. It's, Vallejo, it's really. right at Vallejo. It's, okay. it's across the river, basically the Napa River. Right. Yeah. Then you used to take a boat to get to Mirror Island? Yes. To get to work? Yeah, ferry. Okay. From Vallejo, oh, the wow. first few times I went there, and then I uh, located a man here in town. The last name is Helen, and he had a bus service that he actually worked there. So he bought an old bus, <laughs> and it had like more hair seats, bus or like a yeah. school bus. Seats. Right, right. You get on that bus and it put you to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, going back, I know we jumped right from like the 50s and there is a lot of things that happened in the 60s and 70s around here too. So many programs started. I know Jerry Casson was a major player in starting Boys and Girls Club was here, but she started FISH, which is a great organization in town that helps out to this day. 
there are endless organizations or startup companies that came out of here. But also, we're kind of jumping all over the place in the timeline. We had some great directors come through here too. Kathy Sweat was a great ED who came twice, I believe. Yep, her back. <laughs> and we brought her back. And I do feel like what... I am most knowledgeable from personal experience is really like the 90s and the 80s. Ken Brown, who we will have on the show, Mr. Mayor of Sonoma. He's not the mayor anymore, but he pretty much is, right? He's the honorary for a very long time. They lived here for a long time. They did. building. There's actually a secret apartment, which I love. It looks like an old, either in San Francisco or a New York apartment that probably would rent for like... $3,000, $6,000, and you'd have to get a roommate, right? (laughs) It's now the home of our ceramics artist in residence program every six months. But Ken Brown, basically, he lived here with his children. He was the caretaker of the facilities. And it was it's kind of sleepy in the 80s, really. Yeah, We could get away with a lot of, you know, Strictly Roots played here every Friday, which is an old local reggae band. That was really fun. That's when I met his wife, Jewel, who was an amazing dancer, just a beautiful dancer. Their kids, I believe, also. There's rumors, and I will verify it by Ken when we have on here, but up in the dance room, I think it was set up for their beds were up there. Oh. In the closet. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, they had the free reign in the whole building. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> so many kids my age through the Boys and Girls Club or grew up on this side of town have some pretty fun stories. I have a friend, Josh Farrell, who's now an actor down in LA telling me about how they used to get trouble here. <laughs> they shot out a couple of windows and just, you know, things we could get away with in the 70s and 80s as far as just being latchkey kids, really. So that was I just fun. want to say one thing that happened in the 70s, which was this building became a historical landmark. Yes. The National Park Service, I believe it's the National Park Service, landmarks buildings, and you get to put a plaque up and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's a very long, complicated process to get your building landmark. And one of the people who was really... Behind that was Kathleen Hill. That's right, Kathleen. We're having her on, too, to tell her story. Kathleen Hill is a real insider in the Democratic Party. She was really powerful in this country. And she knew a lot of people in Washington, D.C., so she was the perfect person to have on that project. She went straight to it. We saw all the the paperwork. We have all the paperwork of that process, which is really interesting, and all the old photographs that they took. Yeah. The one thing that I couldn't find, which apparently did exist at one time, was the original architectural drawings for the building. I looked for them, and I looked for them, and I looked for them, and nobody had remembered where they went. I actually went to the National Archives and talked to the archivists in Washington, D.C., and had them search for them, and they couldn't find them. Of this uh, building. Huh. Yeah. There was a famous architect. It was the guy who designed the building. It was built by aliens, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) (laughs) So it was famous architect that put this together. What style is this building? Because, I mean, people are listening to audio, so they don't really have a true visual of what this community center is. A Roman kind of, it's got, you know, columns in the front, like a Roman temple and a a Roman Roman Gothic. Yeah. The style is like early 20th century school building. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know how they, this is a, a, an elementary school. Think of how tall the ceilings are. Think of how big the windows are. Think yeah. of how small the kids were. <laughs> yes, know? yes. It's like it's, very interesting that. You get that feeling every time, you know, I teach kids and then when they grow up and they come back here, like, oh, first of all, you walk through the store and a lot of people feel nostalgia, you know, yeah. but you forget it just seems pretty magical as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's just really big. Anyway, to co- just to continue <laughs> on with the architect thing, he also designed City Hall in Sonoma here. 
And then he became a Did designer. he do the library too, which is now the Visitors the Bureau? I don't think he did the okay. library, but uh, he then he became a designer of lighthouses. He worked in Mare Island, in fact, uh, for the lighthouse service. Oh. And he designed a lot of fancy houses in San Francisco, but his, the end of his career was designing lighthouses. What's his name? Do you remember? Lutkins. Lutkins? Adolf Lutkins. Okay. His family was from Sonoma. They had a candy store on the plaza. <sighs> Which we have postcards of. Yes, we do. Yep. Gordon has a nice postcard collection. Gordon has a collection <laughs> that, that I envy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the collection, though, all the copies that I have are at the Sonoma Depot Museum. Yep. He was very generous. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Up there. Mike actually just had a show and I think, it, is it up until February if you were in Sonoma? Is oh, the, it still there? The Depot Park, actually, it ends on January 27th. Oh, well, how about that? It's Ready a photo for the history. Community Center. It's actually a continuation of my book. It's a photo history of the Springs. Fantastic. You know, when I was young, working with Gordon, I was like 18, 19. He used to tell me all these stories about, they used to have like a nude place here where people used to take uh, swimming in the nudes, Gordon? Oh, yeah. Is it in Glen Ellen somewhere? Well, no, there's pictures of... A nudist colony, yeah. Yeah, there was nudist colony up in that area. There are so many resorts. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Because everybody would come up on the summer to get out of the fog from mm -hmm. San Francisco yeah. to Boy Springs area. And basically, that lasted through the 50s. Yes. Right around 1960 all those resorts kind of folded because of the mobilization of cars. So We'll have to do a whole thing on Boys House Springs and El Verano because my house is from that era and all those summer houses on the west side of Sonoma, you know, old Italians and old Greeks and they just get their like basic house and then they put this extra room and then there's another room. They're like oh, really funky little houses. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But... Back here, I know, we're kind of kind of going through it and jumping around 70s, 80s, thinking so we're bringing up the historical landmark thing, and we will have Kathleen on to share the story. Moving forward, I'm also just going to touch base briefly, too. There's a couple of things that happened here, too. Scream, the movie by Wes Craven was filmed here. And I actually just got a text from the ED at the time, Dan Casabon, who has a plaque that they left him that says Woodsboro High School. Oh, so we've got to have that. Yeah, exactly. I'm all, this is breaking news that I'm telling yeah, Mike right. right now, the curator of the show, yeah. right? I'm the official historian of the community center. Exactly, exactly. So Dan is going to tell a story and we're going to share that on another episode here. But we shared a little bit in episode one of how basically it was supposed to be at Santa Rosa High School. And that fell through because people thought it would be a slasher film where actually in the long run, it kind of changed the genre, really brought like psychological thriller into it more. But yeah, so they came here and Dan made it happen. Extras were part of it. And we still to this day have a ton of Scream aficionados who come to the <laughs> halls and reenact the whole movie. Yeah, one day I was upstairs looking down on Napa Street and I saw these people get out of this van in green <laughs> costume. Yeah. So remember that van? It was Saturday morning and I was teaching, okay, kids that are like three years old, four years old in little ballet costumes. Poor kids. And I would say hundreds of Scream fanatics, some of them with the mask and everything, yeah. descended upon the place. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, so that's good stuff. I love hearing that. And then there's been a ton of theater that's come through here. And my experience in the 90s, as many 
punk rock shows. So Green Day played here and we were fortunate enough. I was at those shows, but this was a time when nobody had cameras or we all made our own funky flyers of the shows. So I have a more personal story of when Green Day was done coming to our house for a party, but we'll leave that off. But Shauna has dug up some really fun information there too. And as well as Les Claypool from Primus and all these bands played here before they really got big. Shauna was mentioning that actually Green Day was too young. So she had to give them a ride somewhere. <laughs> she's, she's got some interesting stories like that. Primus, we do remember when... First, there was like nobody here at the show, the first show, the second show, they blew up and people were like trying to get through the windows, like climbing through the windows. It sounds like we partnered up a lot with the Phoenix Theater, which is a great building over run by Tom. He's still doing it. And so we'd hire security out of that. So yeah, we got more stories coming down from the people that were here around for those shows and much more. Well, what do you guys think? Very nice. Should we round it out? Yep. So we're rounding it out. Those are just a few touchstone stories. Come and see the visual stories that will be at that 70th show, right? Upstairs in the Causeway Gallery. And we can't possibly put everything that ever happened in this building up on those walls. Yeah. So you should listen to the podcast and find out. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So listen to the podcast and then bring all your friends and come on down to the community center. Check it out. It might inspire you to be a part of it. Be a part of the future. Be a volunteer. Take a class. Help donate and sponsor and support things. And if you have anything you think is of historic value about the community center, bring that in. Even if it doesn't get on the wall, it will get into the archive and it's archives are important. Give it to Mike. Archives are important. Yep. We appreciate you, Mike, putting all of this together and and taking deep interest in it. It's good to be friends with a historian. (laughs) Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Gordon. And Gerardo, do you want to end with anything here? Uh, What's for lunch? (laughs) We always got to step into what's for lunch. So this is, we always kind of round this out (laughs) with Gerardo and Maybe what's the theme for once? What are you guys eating this these days? I don't know. Well, I want to go on a diet, I think, you know, <laughs> but I can't. I just love bread and tortillas too much, man. It's hard, you know, right. and I see I see Molly. She's doing it, too. And yesterday it's, I came in with been, like fajitas and tortillas. And I'm like, hey, Molly, you want something? She's like, no, man. What are you doing to I had me? To leave. You know, she's like, I'm leaving. You know, I can't see you guys chewing this. He doesn't have to fit in a leotard and teach kids. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a foam roller for that. What are some of your favorite places in town to eat or is it at home? Gordon? Basically, it's at home. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh-huh. pretty much a home buddy. So. What do you like? Oh, what jam? I like lasagna. Oh, sounds like my husband. <laughs> all, all the bad things. All the bad things. Tom, what are you into culinary wise these days? I'm trying to think. Let's see. Uh. Anything you can cook in a pot. Uh, yes. Anything yeah. you can put in the microwave. <laughs> there you go. Microwave. Also, I got very good at making omelets, so I make omelets oh, nice. a lot. Delicious. Yeah. I, I hate to flip back, but we didn't talk about the time capsule. <gasps> oh, oh, yikes. Oh, okay. Real quickly, folks. A time capsule was put in what year and by Tom over here. Tell us a little bit about it. Uh, 2002, I threw a big, tall vase, probably uh, about three feet tall with a couple lids on it, keep all the stuff inside. And then someplace we're going to have a picture of Marty in the hole, digging the hole. For Marty the time was, ca- the, was uh, facilities at that time, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. 
uh, Marty Brindley. Okay. And so as soon as we find that, because he came over the other day to see if he could take a probe and find out where it might be, and they could not find it because the ground has come up about two feet where we put the thing in. So we have to go out, and it's going to be under some of those trees out there. As you're looking at the building, it's on the far right side near the doors that come into one of the things in front. The entryway. Yeah, it's just to the right of that, and then I sort of know where it is, but I guess we're... So you got Seth Delinsky, who's our groundskeeper. Yes. Seth's amazing. He's been here for a very long time. You were able to talk him into locating it. I'm not going to lie, folks. I really wanted to dig it up for the 70th, <laughs> but it sounds like we all have different opinions. Kind of display it By in the, the way, gallery. We have like, a list of everything that's inside of it. Oh, we do? Oh. Yeah. oh. Yeah. So what do you got in there? Well, I don't know. I, it's a long list. I wanted to contribute. I don't think there was any wine in there, was there? No, I don't think so. No, <laughs> Everything but wine. <laughs> so that's a Sonoma Community Center Time capsules. Uh, I can imagine much 2002. So it'll be 2052, I guess, when they dig it up. 50 years? They wait 50? Uh, I don't know. We're out of luck. I guess I won't be uh, digging up a time capsule. <laughs> no, no. Just, just keep eating your Wheaties. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I think it's always funny. We got to keep that information out there, too, and hope that someone's interested so they do dig it up Yeah. in 2052. Yeah. Can we dig it up? Then they said it was like a landmark here, so are we allowed no, to dig? No, you, you can dig it up. Yeah. You yeah. just can't. Maybe then after you dig it up and look through it, then you put it back down and start again. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do with the 70th show. It would be like a tomb. Like remember when they had King Tut's King Tut. tomb yeah, that yeah, came yeah. through in the eighties, right? Be like that. And they can open it up and everybody oh, throw in your things and put it back there <laughs> until 52. Okay. But I'm not going to dig it up. So. <laughs> That's really fun. So sweet. Yeah. Time to well, Mike, No, no. You, we forgot Mike. What, what do you like to eat, Mike? Tortillas and bread. Oh, <laughs> come on, my. You know, Gordon makes a really good uh, pineapple upside down cake. Delicious. Uh, well, I'm sure I'd love to eat that. Uh, you made that for the winter art market. <laughs> yes, and I did. it was a oh, secret. That was your, I yeah. did eat it. <laughs> it was delicious. Thank you. It actually is my mom's recipe. It's very, of course it's very delicious. easy recipe. So you want to make that for the 70th sure. show gallery opening? Sure. Okay. You're in charge of the birthday meal. I'll be back for that. No oh, problem. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's actually hard to lose weight when you work around here because there's too much food. Yeah. Tell me uh, about I, it. I think Josh gained like 20 pounds just with me working in that, in, the, in that office. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I won't even go there. I've been here for a while too. <laughs> Darn. It's such a good boot around Sonoma. Thank you. This was fun. Going in the time machine, talking about time capsule and hearing all of your stories. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. Please listen, download episodes because we want to continue to do this and we will be back. And next time we are going to keep bringing people throughout April that have a little history story. So join us and stay dry. Take care, guys. (laughs) Thank you very much. Take care.